0: hello welcome back to my podcast today we are going to be talking about how to pray to god effectively seven keys to unlocking your prayer life there are christians who love god and desire to do god's will and god is pleased with them but one thing that holds some people back is the lack of an effective prayer life the bible tells us to pray continually And God wants to hear from us and establish an effective two-way communication with us. Some people soon backslide when they feel like God is not answering their prayers or their prayers hit the ceiling and do not go any further. They backslide and look for other avenues to get their problems or requests met. But God is sitting on His throne and waiting to hear from us because he delights to hear from his children and he wants to answer our prayers so that our joy may be complete and you can read more on that in John 16:24 so how do we pray to God effectively to ensure that he hears us and answers our prayers i will give you some keys that will help you develop an effective prayer life with god So key number one, do not approach God with worry. In Philippians 4, 6, it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. When you approach God in a state of worry, fear, and unbelief, it makes communication with God ineffective. When you go before God, enter into his presence in a state of thanksgiving. Sound mind and speak to God from your heart because God already knows everything. God already knows everything. So when you go and you want to communicate with God, you're praying to God. Make sure you are speaking to God from your heart. Tell him your wants, your desires, your hurts and make your request known to him. Worrying is a state of mind that can cloud your judgment. It can create a false sense of reality and make something worse than it actually is. The best way to override worry is to replace it with gratitude. Being worried and living in that state of emotion does not solve the current situation that is evoking the worry. Instead, come to terms with the current situation and shift your perception for what is lacking to to the abundance that is present. You might find an opportunity in that abundance. So instead of looking at what you don't have, look at what you have and be thankful for what you have, right? Worrying can make you miss opportunities. When you're worrying and your mind is focused on what you don't have, There might be an opportunity staring in your face, but because your mind is focused on what you don't have, you don't see that opportunity. You miss opportunities. Anytime you find yourself getting worried about something, begin to give thanks for the things that you have. Thank God that he has given you breath and strength to go through the day. Thank God for his provision and protection. Repeat the, the act of thanksgiving until that emotion of worry goes away from you. Continue with thanksgiving all the time and let it begin to create joy within you. Once you keep giving thanks each and every day, even if it's just a simple thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. Just keep repeating it until your mind absorbs what your, what your mouth, what your lips are saying. And the moment you, you you have that much thanksgiving on your lips, it begins to create joy. And once you are giving thanks, God will also keep multiplying. Right? Once you're giving thanks, opportunities will start, you start looking, you start seeing opportunities. Opportunities that were there that you once did not see, you begin to see those opportunities. So then God will, once you're giving thanks, God will also give you more things to be thankful for. So when you go before God, go to God with thanksgiving. Instead of worry, go before God with thanksgiving. As much as you're worried about a certain situation, say, thank you, Lord, because I know that this situation is solved. I know that it is solved because I'm coming to the most powerful person in the world, on earth, in heaven and on earth, and your problem is solved. Key number two, forgive people who have hurt you. Matthew 18, 21-22 in the NIV says, Then Peter came to God and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus then answered Peter and said, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Forgiveness is a fundamental principle in the Bible and in the lives of all believers. Jesus talked about it a lot with his disciples. And when Peter asked him, how many times shall we forgive our brother or sister? Jesus said 77 times, meaning you have to forgive as much as people might wrong you. You have to keep forgiving. Forgiveness is unlimited. Unlimited. You have to, because when we sin against God and we go before God, he forgives. There is is not a limited amount of forgiveness that we receive from God. It's unlimited. And God wants us to put that same practice with our fellow human being. When someone sins against us, when someone hurts us, when someone causes us pain, we have to forgive them even if they the person who has caused you pain doesn't come to ask for forgiveness when you go to God at the end of the day and you're praying to God you say to God this person has hurt me this person said this to me you know I had an encounter with this person and what they said hurt me but I forgive them I forgive them and once you forgive you release you release hurt from you right if we know how to ask for forgiveness from our father anytime we sin against him and he is faithful to forgive us and never hold our sin against us then we should do the same for our brothers and sisters Ephesians four thirty-one to 32 in the NIV says get rid of all bitterness rage and anger brawling and slander along with every form of malice be kind and compassionate to one another forgiving each other just as Christ God forgave you in Ephesians 4 32 the Bible talks about forgiving each other just as Christ forgave us the act of forgiveness removes hurt it removes pain it removes resentment and all sort of murky emotions that clog up our hearts and make it impossible for the Lord to communicate with us right It makes it impossible for god to communicate with us so if you have unforgiveness in you it's in your heart it's a heart thing that is why i always tell people check your heart you know because people like oh i'm praying to god and i'm not hearing from god and you know because god lives in your heart that's why god looks at your heart god does not look at your outside he looks at your heart that is where your spirit dwells right so if you are talking to god fine, everybody can talk to God, but then when God is answering you or God is speaking to you back and your heart is clogged with unforgiveness, then, you know, God is looking at your heart and saying, you know, your heart is not clean. Your hand is not clean, right? Because when that is what Jesus said that when you are mad at your, when you are angry at your brother, it is equal to murder, God Jesus equates anger to murder and when you have unforgiveness in your heart it is pain it is hurt it is bitterness it is anger right and 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 you know you probably might be on the same scale with with a murderer so what God wants us to do is he wants us to cleanse our heart in order for us to pray to him effectively, you need to check your heart. First, you need to cleanse your heart. Remove that clog that 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 that, you know, excuse me to say, that sewage, right? That is in your heart. God wants you to remove it. He wants you to cleanse your heart before you come to him and if you a lot of time it's so difficult to forgive people because it's like somebody hurts you and it affected your life especially you know people who have been in relationships and they were disappointed you know by 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 their ex-boyfriends or their ex-girlfriends or people who have been hurt by their parents and you know because of what their parents the way the parents treated them, it caused their life to go a certain way. And people hold anger and unforgiveness in their lives for so long. But God is saying, if that is you, come to him and talk to him. Speak to him. Tell him that, okay, this person has wronged me. I find it difficult to forgive them. So, Father, can you help me? Can you help me go through the process of forgiving? And God will definitely do that because he wants you to forgive he wants you to be set free unforgiveness is also one way one one way that the enemy uses to hold you back from having a relationship with God or for for, for letting God to use you so today God is saying remove all unforgiveness forgive you probably will not forget but then forgive remove you know remove that pain from your heart cleanse your heart so if you're having difficulties forgiving someone go to God sit down have a conversation pray to him and let him begin to work in you it's not going to be a one-day thing it's going to be you know it, it might take days or maybe weeks depending on how hurt you know how deep you know the unforgiveness is So, um, that is very, very important. It's very, very important to get rid of unforgiveness in you, in your heart towards someone else. Because you you might never know the person who hurt you, you are here holding unforgiveness in your heart against that person. But that person might have repented and God is using that person for, for, for his work. But then you are here holding that unforgiveness in them, right? Instead of going to God and asking for forgiveness and having God to work to to work to remove that unforgiveness inside you. So that is what God wants to do with you. If you have unforgiveness, go to God and ask him to remove it from you. So the next Key is do not doubt what you are praying for. In James 1 6 the NIV version it says but when you ask you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind doubt creates fear in the mind and makes a person lean towards uncertainty when you pray with doubt in your mind you conclude that your prayer might or might not be answered and this creates a wave of the sea like scenario so when you when you go to god and you are doubting you already have a doubt in your mind you go to god and you're praying but then in your mind you're like oh you know, I might receive what I'm praying for. I might not receive what you're, what I'm praying for. And God does not want that. He wants you to come believing that whatever you're asking for, you are going to receive it. Believing that whatever you're asking for, you are going to receive it. Right? So if you go to God with doubt, exchange that doubt, that uncertainty with possibilities and believe do not pray with doubt in your mind instead pray believing that what you ask for will be done and is possible with god just believe that what you're asking for god is going to do it the next key is do not hold on to unbelief mark nine twenty three. the nib says if you can said jesus Everything is possible for one who believes. When you express disbelief, you make it clear that you don't believe that something is true. When you approach God in prayer, you have to believe that He will answer your request. When you hold unbelief in your heart, then it makes it impossible for prayer to be answered. Go to God with faith, praying according to His will, and believe that your prayer will be answered the next key is to be in constant thanksgiving rejoice be like live a life of joy i know it's hard i know it's difficult but god desires for us to live a life of joy in first thessalonians 5 16 to 18 the niv it says rejoice always Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Jesus Christ. And I will admonish you to read 2 Chronicles 20. Second Chronicles 20 has an amazing story there. So I want you to read that when you have some time. Be in a state of joy. Always. Always be in a state of joy. Joy is a state of being happy and glad without external factors. In contrast, happiness is a temporary state of joy, often due to external stimuli. Joy is permanent, while happiness is temporary. You want to be in a state of joy and thanksgiving. God loves a cheerful heart. Sometimes it can be challenging to stay in a state of joy. A way you can stay in constant joy is to meditate on the goodness of God in your life. Begin to thank God for the little things he has done for you. Be in constant thanksgiving. And before you know, your mind will be filled with things you are thankful for. And as you give thanks, God will provide you with more things to be thankful for. So your joy may be complete. And I said this a while ago, right? Setting your mind on the good instead of the bad set your mind on the good once you set your mind on the good you will begin to see more and more good more and more good God delights in our rejoicing and thanksgiving and he hears and answers us when we worship him when you are joyful you naturally live a life of love and compassion and it is also good for your health because joy removes all forms of stress and we all know that stress can be harmful to our health the last key the last key to effective communication with god is to live an upright life if you are battling with a particular sin or sins in your life i encourage you to make it your prayer point and present that that struggle to god have a sincere conversation with god and ask him to heal you to deliver you from that sin right when you sin the enemy holds that sin over you and it creates a legal hold and sometimes there are certain sins right there are certain sins that ties god's hands quote unquote so that he cannot move in our lives or hear our prayers Until that sin is dealt with. So I advise you to watch out for that. And be discerning. Be discerning. If you want to read a good example of some sins that can tie God's hand. Quote unquote. You know I mean God is powerful. We can never tie his hands. But you know sometimes there are certain things that we do. And God is like don't do that. If you keep doing that, then I cannot do this for you, right? So read second Samuel 21. Second Samuel 21 is a good example, you know, of we being in the wrong and because we are in the wrong, God cannot move in a certain way. So um and pray continually. Pray continually. Pray continually. Don't 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 forget um, to pray. Don't forget to pray. I'm going to end with that. So I hope you are able to glean from this podcast. And if you enjoyed this podcast, I I I pray that um, God speaks to you through this podcast. And I will see you or I will you know, speak to you in my next podcast. Have a lovely day. God bless you.